you know where we got up to last week with this little document? If you, um, page seven, is that right? What does, how does page seven start? Because my, my one's got bigger writing so I can see what I'm doing. What are the advantages? Is that where it starts? Okay, we're going with what are the advantages? So what we've, we started to do last week is we started to um, look at what was the model for us as a church to grow. Because, but here's the truth, healthy things grow. You know, it's one of those uh, miracles that with both of uh, my sons, we've, I mean, Carol and I have never had to say grow, 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 grow. We just made sure that they were in an environment where they grew. They had, uh, if they were a plant, you know, they had good soil, they had food, they had lights and things grow and, and kids just do that and, you know, I told you last week about uh, a meeting with my uh, second cousins and the one thing that they didn't say to me uh, was, oh wow, haven't you grown? Um, which is good because I hadn't seen them for 38 years and you'd expect there to be some size difference. But healthy things grow. Therefore, if you talk about a church, if you look at a church that isn't growing, then the reason why it isn't growing is because it's not healthy. And the health of uh, a local church um, is of absolute importance to the one who's called the church into being. Jesus said that I will build my church. And building talks about growing. You know, you don't build small You build because you're you're growing. And God's desire is that his church would grow. And we are part of of his amazing church. And therefore, as we gather here today, we are on a journey of growth. And one of the things that we recognized from last week was that to grow bigger, you need to grow smaller at the same time. For a church to build on relationships, which is of absolute paramount importance, you can't do that in a big context like this. And today was quite cool, because we took some people out and we lined them up, and you gathered around them, you prayed for them, you hugged them, and there was some fellowship there, relationship, interaction, which was great, absolutely wonderful. Did anybody lay hands on somebody you didn't know? Did anybody here? I mean, you may very well have done. Did you lay hands on someone you you didn't know, if you didn't know them? then you did. If you did know them, you didn't. Did anybody not lay hands on someone? So everybody who laid hands on somebody knew the person they were laying hands on? Just a couple. Okay, just a few. Okay, let me just, I'll let you into secret. That's not good. That's really not good. God calls us to do something really amazing. In Matthew 28, he says, go into all the world and make disciples. We're going to go into all the world. And that world starts right here, where we are in Brighton Hill, and and then expanding out across the town, and then across the county, and then across the nation, and across the earth. 
The deal is that we really should not know each other here. There should be a, a significant number of people here that you don't know. And that is a sign that we're growing. When we know each other, we become closed, we become uh, a, a club, really. And we're not to be a club, we're to be family. And with family, there's people in the family, as I found out last week, that I, I really don't know. But we get the opportunity to get to know. And the best way of getting to know is in a small group context. And when we get together in smaller groups, we grow larger as a fellowship, but we also grow smaller at the same time. Large gatherings and then small gatherings. Okay. Let me give you some other things that are just going to just push it out there so that you know what, what's going on. Once this building is 80% full, it stops growing. That's not me making that up. That is a church growth statistic. A building that is 80% full is full. Therefore, in our planning as a leadership, we are looking at the ways that we need to ensure that we continue to grow, that there is no stopping us growing. We've got to make sure that there is space in here for those who come Sunday by Sunday. And what's going to happen, I'm sure, because God is blessing us with new people coming along, is that we're going to have to go to multiple services. That will be something that we need to look into. But when you're 80% full, you're full. If there's 100 chairs out and 80 of them are filled, then we need to do something. And that's the sort of thing that the leadership here are working through and praying through and asking God's guidance over. But part of our journey is also about small groups, meeting together in the week in a smaller context. Advantages. Here we go. The thing about small groups is they're infinitely expandable. Have you got that? Some of you might even have a space. As long as you have houses or homes, houses, some of you got a space there? You might not have a space there. You might. Does anybody have a space there? Okay. I'll just think that there was a space there. You keep growing. If anyone's got an apartment, if a flat or a house, you can accommodate and continue to grow. The thing about small groups, uh, life groups, is that they are infinitely expandable because everybody lives somewhere and somewhere is good enough to gather. Second thing here is unlimited geographically. You know, here as a church, we're in one place. But the thing about it is, we have this brilliant opportunity through people's homes to start connecting with other communities that we're not in touch with. As long as there's a core group of people willing to meet in a certain place, you've got core group as your space. You've got that? Yeah. Then you can start a life group there. Two families live on the same road. There should be a life group in that road because you've got two families. That's great. There's a start. So life groups are not limited geographically. The thing about them is that they promote relationships. That's the blank. If you've got a blank there, is it's about relationships. You see, in a small group context, when you're in life groups, you have an opportunity to get to know people better and strengthen your relationships. You'll be able to share things that you wouldn't share on a larger uh, gathering. People are more relaxed. People are more open. And if you serve nice cake and decent coffee, it's amazing what people will share with you. 
It releases ministries. Here's the other side of things. A life group needs people who do stuff. So on the back wall there, you'll see that there is two sheets of paper that I've stuck on on the back wall. And one of them says hosts, and one of them says uh, leaders. Part of us, as, as we start to look into developing life groups here, is that we need places to begin to meet. So do you have a lounge that you would be willing to allow other people to come into? You can get them to take their shoes off. That's up to you. Um, Have you got a place where six, eight people, ten people maybe, could come and meet? There's a start. So what we're saying is, do you have a location that you will be willing to host a gathering? Because, see, there's two sides of things. Most people have a space, but don't feel called to lead. And some people feel called to lead, but don't have a space to do that. So what we're asking then is, would you be willing to offer your place as a space for a life group gathering? And after you've prayerfully considered that, and you've told God all the reasons why you can't do it, and then you hear why he says you can, then you can write up there. This is what we would love. We believe that what we have is a gift from God, and therefore we want to use it for his glory. And the beautiful thing is, once you start having a life group meeting in your community, and you start praying for your community in a new, fresh, vibrant way, it's amazing what God starts to do and how God starts to touch people's lives. The conversations that you'll have with your neighbor that you never, ever had before, because there is a center of the presence of God, you know, meeting right there in in your street. So there's... A place. And then there's the other side of things is the gifts here. We say the ministries. We need, as well as hosts, we need those people who said, you know, I'd love to lead that. I'd love to lead one of those things. And when you say, I would love to lead it, what you're actually saying is, uh, church, I don't know how to do this. This is brand new to me. This is beyond and outside of my comfort zone so far, but I would love you to train me and equip me to be a brilliant life group leader. If you think to yourself, do you know what, I could be, I'd like to be equipped to do that. I'd like to go through the train. I'd like to test and see whether this is what God's calling me to do. Then there's a list there. You just put your name down and say, I, I, I'll give this a go. I'd like to do this. So in the small group context, in the life groups, what we have is we have a releasing of ministries. You have the gift of hospitality as you host. And many people here, I know, have the gift of hospitality. I've eaten in your houses. So I know you're good at it. But the other side of things is there's some people here who love to get into the Word, who love to help people to grow and to be the disciples that God's calling them to be. And you would just love the opportunity to have people gathering with you, studying, praying, ministering, caring for one another. So ministries are released. And it's also <coughs> good stewardship. You see, one of the things is that if you start looking at only meeting in buildings like this, you've got to get more buildings like this. And the more buildings you get like this, the costs go up and up and up. And if you can have this as a building, as a center point where you throw people out every week, you don't have to worry about bigger buildings. You just have this as a a resource center with multiple gatherings 
that's able to feed into the life groups each week. And then the financial implications are far less. The thing about it is, I know many, many churches are going into multi-million pound building projects. And when God tells us that that's what he wants us to do next, then that's what we'll do. But at this moment in time, I recognize that it's about building up the body here and sending the body out to be meeting in the community. So what's the purpose of life groups? Well, the thing about it is, there's a text from Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, that we've looked at several times. And, and this just unpacks beautifully around the whole idea of how we as a church believe we are going to go and grow in the future. So... Bible study is part of it. We gather together, it says here the scriptures that they uh, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or the apostles' teaching. Life groups come together and gather around the word. That's the focus of us gathering together. Lord, what are you saying to us today from your word? And we grapple with it and we question this word and we ask, "Lord, Lord, how are you wanting that to be implemented in my life? We share insights. This is a difficult thing to do when you're in a large church context because if I just open out to questions, then I mean, it's struggle enough for me to finish before midday anyway. And we're, 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 it's going to go on, isn't it? What's the benefit? By joining a life group, I will understand the Bible better. That's what we want. In gathering together, I would like to get around the scripture and, I, and understand it better. I haven't got it all sorted in my mind, but gathering with mature Christians and others who are, who are exploring the faith, I will get to know it better and understand what is it, Lord, that you're saying through your word for us today. And it's beautiful in a small group where people can actually share, well, this word meant this for me at this time in my life, and it changed me. Testimony is beautiful. So, by joining a life group, I will understand the Bible better. Next part of it is fellowship. Again, it talks about fellowship, Acts 2.42. Um, most people who've been in, in life groups usually say that their one, number one benefit of being in those groups is the, the relationships they build. I've got to know people that I would not have got to know before. And this is why I'd love um, that, that whenever we do life groups, and as we push them out and see them as an absolute necessity in the life of the church, they would not be made up of one type of people. We, we just don't want good-looking guys all gathering together, like me. You know, I want to gather together with other people of different thoughts and different ages and, and different experiences It's not about being all the same. It's all about diversity. So when we come together, we fellowship, we get to know people that we probably wouldn't get to know. And some of you might actually turn to like me, because you're in my group, who may have thought beforehand, you know, I don't really know if I like that bloke. But when we get to know each other, we suddenly find, you know, he's not as bad as I thought. Benefit of joining those life groups is that I'll feel a real part of God's family. That's important, that I will be part of God's family. The another thing, again, verse 42, and prayer, praying together. You see, for myself, I always remember that my journey of prayer really took off when I was in a life group. I could pray in a way that I'd never prayed before, because I was in a, within a group of people who prayed. And I listened to how they prayed, and I thought, you know what, I can do that. I can do that. 
the first prayer meeting that I ever went to and I heard somebody pray was the guy who led me to Jesus and it blew me away because I was expecting that who he was going to pray because he said to me, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah, that's great. Let's, let, let's do it. I was expecting him to go into oldie-woldy uh, Shakespearean English and start to pray. But this is how he started the prayer. He said, Hi God, it's Doug here. Like God didn't know it was Doug. And I, I got to know about uh, God's uh, omniscience and omnipresence and all that sort of stuff later on. But on that day, it was so simple. It was, hi God, it's Doug here. Thank you. Thank you for just giving me time to spend with Dave. And the moment that he said my name, my goodness, it hit home to me. This guy knows God and he's now talking to God about me. And then I felt, after he prayed, I can do this. I can do this. It's not mystical in magic. It's a beautiful, relaxed conversation with my creator. There's awe and wonder because he is God almighty. But he is also my heavenly father. And as Andy shared with us a couple of weeks ago, he is our good father who welcomes us into his presence, who loves us to talk to him. Life Groups is a beautiful place to grow in our prayer language. We learn to pray, we share requests, we share our needs. And the benefit I put down here is by joining a life group, prayer will become more meaningful to me. This is not something that I do and tick off a box, it's actually something that's of absolute importance and it means something to me. Verses 44 to 45 of Acts 2 pick up on on the way that we gather together to love and care for one another. Now all who believed were together, had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. The J.B. Phillips translation of the Bible says this, that you shared with me the fellowship of giving and receiving. I was able to participate in being generous, but I was also humbled by your goodness towards me as you gave towards me. It's the giving and receiving. And in that supporting and caring environment of a life group, we recognise that we can handle stuff that we couldn't handle without it. I've used the word stress there. By joining a life group, I will be able to better handle the stress. The world throws at us the tensions, the demands. But in a group context, when I've got people around me who love me and want to encourage me, I can handle this stuff. I am, as the Word of God says, more than a conqueror. Socialising. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Do you know one of the things that I love um, about fellowshipping with people and spending is food. Food. I'm, I'm cruising towards my third stone being lost, it's, which is pretty amazing. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that I can't eat. So if anybody is thinking to themselves, do you know what, I'd love to invite Dave and Carol around for dinner, but I'm concerned about their, you know, looking after themselves and their weight loss. Don't you, I'll worry about that. I'll worry about that. 
If you feed me up, it just means I've got to jog further the next day. And I believe that that will be worth it. Socialising. They ate their food with gladness, simplicity of heart. They shared together. I love that Romans text here in Romans 12, 13. The Living Bible says it like this. Uh, and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. There's a word there for somebody here. I'm sure of that. Get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Or if they need lodging, invite them home for the night. My goodness me. There's something powerful about the family of God when we start taking the word of God and putting it into practice. In life group setting, people learn how to relate and to serve one another. The Bible teaches that every believer... This is spiritual gifts and talents. We talked about that this morning as we set apart Sunday friends. Spiritual gifts or talents. And therefore, in the life group context, you're able to use those gifts and those talents to develop them. Sundays, most people are not participators, we're spectators. I would love there to be a situation where there was able to be more people involved, but that's something about the organisation that we'll have to work on here. But in a life group, you're no longer a spectator. You are a participator. You have something to bring, and that's something of worth and value, and and you need to bring it. That's, That's what we want to happen. As you get to know people, you can minister and share and care. By joining a life group, I will develop leadership and communication skills. That's how it works. You see, the big thing about life groups is that once we start meeting together in life groups, gifts come to the fore that were in some way dormant in our lives. And then as we're growing as a church, those gifts are going to be needed. You see, when we're twice the size that we are now, we're going to need at least twice as many people serving and using their gifts than we've got now. We could do with some more now, but we'll definitely need more as we grow. Praise and worship. They gather together. Verse 47. Praising God and having favour with all the people. Many believers uh, somehow mistakenly believe that this is the place of praise and worship. But praise and worship should be an attitude and an action and a life event for us. All day, every day. You don't need to have a choir. You don't need the band. You don't need uh, somebody to professionally uh, lead us in worship. Worship happens when we focus on God and when we gather together in small groups, worship happens. By joining a life group, I will deepen my understanding of worship. I will deepen my understanding of worship. We need to deepen our understanding of worship. And then you've got the last bit here, verse 47. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. We get this beautiful opportunity that we can see the kingdom grow through our life group. You might have somebody at work who might not come here on a Sunday. There's a fear. I don't want to come to church on Sunday. I don't know anybody. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's going to be alien, strange. They might sit up, sit down when I should be standing or I'll be standing when they're sitting down. Um, They'll hand things around and they'll say prayers in a certain way and I feel out of it. But in a small group, you might find that they will come and they will be... uh, growing in relationship with the other team members and and as you gather together they then may feel do you know what I might come on so now I know six other people I might come or you might find somebody who's at work or at the play group or, or some other meeting who's going through something and you say do you know what why don't you come to our small group 
I think you'll find it really helpful. And the great thing is, is the moment that they recognize that we, we don't all have horns, and we don't all speak funny languages or whatever, and they think, do you know what? These people are normal. Maybe I do fit in. And the truth of the matter is we do all fit in. And we have this opportunity of sharing the love of Jesus, bringing people into a relationship with their creator, and seeing God's kingdom extending. I put down here, life groups are going to be a key way that non-believers connect with Basingstoke Baptist Church each week. That's my heart, and that's my passion, that's my desire. And you can make it happen, church. As I said, you know, we got all of us have probably got friends who wouldn't be seen dead going to church until they are. And uh, they've got preconceived ideas of what things are like. Well, we can break all of that just in a life group context. Doubts can be raised. Questions can be asked. I've put down there seekers. Because everybody is a seeker. Everybody's looking for. Why am I here? What is the reason for my life? Why are these things happening to me? Uh, is it just by chance or accident? Or is there a plan? And I believe that there is a plan. And the biggest part of that plan is to get to know the person who put that plan together. His name's Jesus. Benefit. By joining a life group, I will be able to share Christ with others in a natural and relaxed way. That's what I felt. The small groups, the life groups, would be a brilliant place where we can naturally share Christ with others. Here's the conclusion. You are a member of God's very own family. That's the word that's missing on that one. You are a member of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You are a family. We are a family. And it's gathering together in these small groups that everything of family is shared. And in that family context, we get to know Dad, our Heavenly Father, in a way that we wouldn't get to know him if we were trying to go it alone. I just put down as a note here, I think, is this the last bit on your pages? You become a Christian by committing yourself to Christ, but you can only become a member by committing yourself to other Christians. And you do that by committing yourself, I would say, to a life group. It's going to be a point in time. There's going to be a point in time where... Not being part of a life group sets you apart as being different. And my desire is that we will all be part of a small group meeting. Some may meet weekly. Some may meet fortnightly. Some may meet during the daytime. Some may meet in the evenings. But the key thing about it is that as family, we come together and we meet together, and we grow together, and we love together, and we encounter God together, which I think is the absolute foundation of a healthy church. And you see, as a healthy church, we will grow. And as we grow, we will see God impact our community in a way that we've prayed for, many, many have prayed for, for many, many years. 
And this could be part of what God does to transform our community for his glory. Some of these things that we've discussed in this uh, document, uh, uh, just as an introduction to life groups, is just unpacking some of the values that we're believing that God is calling us to follow as a church. We will be praying into those this week. 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll be praying here. Come and join us together. It's not a massive amount of time, but it's good that we can together, as God's people in this place, underpin what he is doing amongst us in prayer. That's absolutely necessary. And part of that will be the unpacking of what it means to be a fellowship. And we'll be praying in to people's lives and asking, Lord, would you soften hearts? Would you draw people to make a commitment to be part of a life group to see their lives transformed and the life of this church transformed and this community turned upside down for God's glory?